T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. It's WTIC, your favorite radio station, because we rock it for you. Well, you rock it. We just provide the form, 860-522-9842. This is a cut from Bill Maher that I've had kicking around for a while, but I, I like to go back to these cuts because they... They retain value. Listen, scientists, yes, scientists who are generally pretty liberal have been naming diseases after the places they came from for a very long time. Zika is from the Zika forest, Ebola from the Ebola River, Hantavirus, the Hantan River. There's the West Nile virus and Guinea worm and Rocky Mountain spotted fever and, of course, the Spanish flu. Remember when they called you racist for calling it the Wuhan virus? And as it turns out, it was the Wuhan lab leak virus. MERS stands for Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. It's plastered all over airports and no one blogs about it. So why should China get a pass? Congressman Ted Lieu tweeted, the virus is not constrained by country or race. Be just as stupid to call it the Milan virus. No, that would be way stupider because it didn't come from Milan. And if it did, I guarantee we'd be calling it the Milan virus. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the guys who claimed to believe in science were the science scammers. The people who claim to believe in good government are the bad government purveyors. Those who parade around trying to impress us with how legit they are are just con men. 860-522-9842. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, we've been talking about marijuana and random government regulations. First, uh, punishing you for having it and then rewarding you for having been punished. Very bizarre. Bill in West Hartford, hey. Hey, how you doing? What do you think? Good. Well, I think it's a crazy thing. I don't understand it at all. I've done a little bit of living. Uh, I can recall back in Prohibition... I'm 93. Uh, back in Prohibition, when uh, the Franklin Roosevelt uh, administration came in very early, they decided, and I think rightly so as I look back, uh, rightly so that Prohibition wasn't working. 
And I don't recall the prison doors opening up and all the people that uh, violated prohibition came running out. I think that's a good point. And but although I ha- I do have to say, play, playing devil's advocate here, that some people today would say that, well, that we have a much kinder, gentler government today because they oh, realize their of, mistakes. Kind of binder, you know, but the law is the law. If you break the law while there's a law, you broke the law. Yeah. Well, that's how I look at it. Yeah, and, I know you do. Yeah. And because we know that government makes... Uh, I was saying because we know government makes stupid laws that we want to keep, we want to reduce the scope of the laws government makes so it can't um, do so many things that they embarrass themselves by doing. Right. Well, well, you know, there's really two parts to this. Uh, If it was a minor violation, I have no objection to having that removed from somebody's record. But pay them? I don't get it. Well, if uh, it it just seems to me a slippery slope. Government makes all kinds of bad laws, I think, and and uh, they should just they shouldn't be looking to uh, make people whole for having violated the law, because it's still the people violating the law. If it should never have been a law in the first place, then don't make laws that should never have been the law in the first place. Which is a good place. Thank you, Bill, for the call to introduce. Michael Leibowitz, out of prison now for uh, eight days, if my math is correct. And I thought we needed an update on last week. We found about found out about your first day to culinary enterprises. And I thought we needed a follow up, Mike. I'm happy to give it. Well, go ahead then. Don't just sit there. Well, I, I, I was trying to be polite and give you the chance for a question no don't don't be polite be a wild horse just looking to run that track (laughs) all right well one thing i want to say is somebody asked me today a few people have actually asked me what is the most surprising thing about you know the, the world as it's changed and i think the most surprising thing to me is how unsurprising everything is like it's not that different i mean obviously there's new technology and all that stuff and I, and I thought it would be really overwhelming, but it's not. I just figure out, you know, I don't know much of it yet, but I figure I'll get it and it'll be fine. And so there's an occasional device. Uh, the cell phone you've been operating for a week now, and is that pretty, uh, you pretty much have it down, right? Well, I have the main things that I need to know down. I mean, there's, you know, you know, a lot of things I don't know, but I figure I'll get it as I need it. It's obviously, you know, incredible. But you know how to watch YouTubes on your phone? You know how to make phone calls and text and send emails? Yes. So you've caught up with the world. You were gone 25 years, and a week later, you've mastered the most complex technology we've developed. Yeah, I, I don't know about mastered. Let's let's not overdo <laughs> it. <laughs> let's not go too far. But I, I'm getting it. But there's other things too that I, I found very interesting. And in, in one, and, and it's going to sound contradictory, but it's not because people are different. Some people are just so nice, and it seems to be waitresses. Like I love the shock value of telling people that I just got out of prison. Mm-hmm. And, and today, I actually went out with my friend Carlos, who did 24 years. We were in the same block together for about 10 of those years. 
And we went out today, and the waitress came over, and I said, you know, yeah, I said, you know, he just got out 24 years in jail. I did 25. And she came back, and she said, were you serious? And I said, yes. And she was just so sweet, you know. Um, oh, I'm so happy for you guys. If you guys can do it, that shows other people can do it. It's great. And I've had a few waitresses who have responded that way to me. And it's very, very heartwarming, just the friendliness of it. But something else I've noticed that it's a little depressing is how many people appear to me to just be so woefully unhappy. Like they just really like life is in. Yeah, I'm walking around and they have these looks on their face as if life is just imposing on them. And it's just sad to me. It's interesting that that you would you would perceive this mood of uh, depression or unhappiness on people's faces and and i it might be because you're so excited to be back in the world and, and you're kind of on a on a buzz right now right oh yeah the dopamine the serotonin the adrenaline have just definitely got me boosted <laughs> there's no doubt about that but still i'm not like i just even in prison i wasn't grumpy yeah, every so often, I guess, but I didn't walk around with a resting sourpuss on my face. No, you were pretty upbeat when you were incarcerated the last couple of years when I've known you. Yeah, I, I try to be. I, I Like I say, everybody gets in a bad mood occasionally, but I generally think that life is a good thing. People are generally good, and the world is just an open amusement park for us to live in and enjoy life. There's just so many wonderful things. I, I just can't see being miserable all the time. I love that perspective that you're providing because I think that's true, that we should be excited. I mean, we do live in, despite the fact that our political system is uh, is dysfunctional and corrupt right now, it, we still live in the greatest nation you can imagine living in with more options available to us and more affluence available for us to enjoy and to get things done with than any country on the planet. So we should be uh, sitting around strategizing. But I think as as life goes on, you tend to feel confined by the decisions you've made. And maybe your imagination gets blunted, so you just can't see what you could be doing if only you thought about yourself differently, if you told yourself a different story about yourself. I think that's right. I think I think life in general, our, you know, all our lives are generally made up of stories, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And if we tell ourselves stories about how horrible everything is, I think we're going to be miserable. And if we tell ourselves stories about the wonderful possibilities that life has to offer, I think we'll be happy. Well, I think it's that possibilities part that's the most acute. Some people, most people, I think, can't imagine themselves getting from here to there. And some people are so ambitious, they insist that they have to travel from here to there, that they will end up in that place they're determined. And other people never try because they tell themselves it can't be done. That's, that's absolutely correct. And I've often heard, well, it's not true anymore, but it was, that Babe Ruth was the all-time home run king, but he was also the all-time strikeout king. But no one thinks of Babe Ruth as the guy that always struck out. And it's a similar thing in sales. You have to prospect and you have to hear a lot of no's in, in order to get a few yeses. But those yeses are what matters. And, every, you know, over the last eight days, I've spent an awful lot of my time make, making phone calls and sending out emails, trying to basically further my career that I want to go into, promote Brent McCall's in my book and, 
you know, get myself booked on talk shows or whatever I can do, and mm-hmm. most people don't respond. But a few do, and it all depends on what I choose to focus on. Do I want to look at it as a big waste of time because only three out of 15 responded, or do I want to look at it like, wow, I got three people to respond? Well, you got three people to respond, plus the other 12, that doesn't mean they're still not going to respond. They, they They might need a second or a third prodding before they respond. Yeah, and I think that that's the attitude to take towards life. I think we all have good and bad things happen to us, and it's up to us to decide what we want to focus on. All right, let's get away from the philosophy and back to the food. What's the best thing you've had hit your taste buds over the last eight days since you got out of prison? And I just want to emphasize this. You were eating reheated canned food, I assume, for every meal for the last 25 years. Yeah, everything sucked in prison, basically. So, well, I think that... I'm a very, I don't want to say closed-minded, I'm a creature of habit. So, like, I went out to eat last night, and I looked at the menu, and I'm ready to get something that I've already had. That's what I'm looking for on the menu, what have I already had? Mm -hmm. And then my friend's niece told me I should try uh, some penny vodka sauce. I I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and I'm like, no, that's not for me. And she says, try it. It's really, really good. So finally I caved and I tried it, and it turned out it was really, really good. <laughs> it's, now the, it's now the thing you will will make a habit out of. <laughs> I, I might. You never know. I hope not, because I like to try new things, too. But, but that was really good. I don't know if it was the best, but it was the most unique and the newest thing that I've tried. So I think that gives it a special place. It was really and how about the pizza today? You went to uh, one of the famous New Haven pizza houses, right? Uh, yes, uh, Pepe's Pizza. We actually were trying to go to another pizza place, and it turned out it was closed. So by default, we went to Pepe's, and, well, it was well worth it. That was really good pizza, a really good and- service. The service kind of makes it. The fact that the waitress was just so nice to us and you know, yep. engaged us in conversation, I, I like that. I think it's really nice. That's a wonderful thing, but I'm thinking about a great pizza, the flavor of the crust, the burned flavor, the cornmeal, if they use that on the bottom of it, the flavor the crust has coming out of that hot oven, and then the drippy, oozing mix of, of uh, cheese flavors over that sauce. I'm, I'm thinking about that, and I'm comparing it to prison food, which I the the only reference point I can use is school lunch when I was in fourth grade with the uh, the overcooked wax beans and the and the rice. I remember the woman coming around with the rice and scooping it with an ice cream scoop and plopping you one scoop and how badly you wanted a second scoop and she wouldn't give it to you and. It was all stuck together like it was. It had Elmer's glue in it, and I just thought that was the most delicious thing in the world. And I, but in retrospect, I look at that food and I, with contempt, you know, for how plain and boring and overcooked and soggy and the gross smell in the hallways. And I'm assuming that's what it was like in prison all the time. Yeah, and just to that point, Carlos said to me when we finished the pizza, he looked at me and he said, I cannot imagine a pizza being better than this one. <laughs> the pizza that we just ate and you know our point of comparison and the, the lady that took us out to lunch she said so uh, when you get the, a pizza in prison how many how many pieces they give you well they give you one piece <laughs> that's it and she was kind of shocked yeah it's it, the world is just so like i don't know if people will appreciate this but 
you know, I'm in the front seat, Carlos is in the back seat, and we're driving. And the lady says, I hope my erratic driving isn't bothering you. And I says, you have to understand, we have no point of comparison. <laughs> it's not. Well, Carlos it, does. It, Carlos is thinking about that video of the guy in New Haven who uh, got who got handicapped, you know, well, paralyzed by the uh, sliding down that that bench when they slammed on the brakes. So anything she was doing sounded pretty good to, well, to Carlos, I, I think. Her. Yeah, that's what I told her. So we're used to COs driving us around, you know, sharp turns and driving fast, and we're bouncing all around. So this is nothing. This is great. Greatest driver ever. Plus, she bought you lunch, so you're all set, right? Well, lunch and driving, yes, it all it all worked out for the best, especially when it was Pepe's Pizza. Hey, you worked in the restaurant business. Do they bring you the drinks ahead of time, knowing that you're going to drink the drink and then have to order another one when your food comes? I believe that is why you go up to the table first and say, what would you like to drink? Get yeah. that table rocking. Plus, the, the more of a buzz you have going, the more your food you're going to order. Yeah, they didn't trick me. I ordered a Powerade, and I waited until I got my food to drink it. Oh, you are a scary, disciplined person. <laughs> I don't That's know your idea that. of letting loose and having a good time, Leibowitz, huh? Look, I tried the vodka sauce last night. Let's not push it. Oh, that's true. That's true. And congratulations because you learned something good. All right, Mike, thank you for the update. <laughs> thank you very much, Todd. Nice <laughs> to talk with you as always. Michael Leibowitz out of prison after 25 years and out on the streets of Connecticut for eight days and having a grand time just uh, enjoying the culinary delights that the state has to offer, and otherwise. I mean, some of his choices are not ones I would have made, to be sure, but he did have to do a little bit of a nostalgia tour. All right, what do I have to tell you about? Oh, uh, Red Janky will be here. We'll do some analysis on some interesting governmental policy stuff. And uh, next hour, uh, Tom Scott will be here because it's Tuesday. We have lots of fun coming your way. And the rants will be at uh, a little after 5 o'clock. Call the rant line, 860-751-4698. And we will. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
Boogie off to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. WTIC, good afternoon. We've got Red Janky coming up in just a couple of minutes. Bob calling from Hartford. Hello, Bob. How you doing, Todd? Hey, I'm curious. I've heard you talk to uh, Mike in the past. How long have you known him for? I've known Mike Leibowitz for three and a half years, uh, roughly, through a phone and relationship. So I didn't realize, I knew he was in prison because every time you talked, I'd hear the proverbial feet. Yes. What did he do to get put away for for 25 years? He was a crazy, uh, jealous young man. This happened uh, when he was, uh, well, he, I think he got sent away when he was 21, so it happened in the two or three years before then. He, um, he had his friends go and stab a guy who was dating his girlfriend because he was jealous. Did the person die? No. So it was, I mean, that's a long, that's 25 years is a lot for stabbing somebody i mean nowadays i'd be curious and and so he seems like he's doing reasonably well i mean if he was 21 so he's 46 so he's still a young guy yep. he's got he's got a future ahead of him in your sense have you actually seen and talked to him since he's been out and how does the guy seem to be doing i'm i'm curious um well i've i've talked to him a lot on the phone. I yeah. haven't been with him yet. We're going to have dinner um, later this week. And he's got a girlfriend who is somebody he knew when he was younger, and they fell in love uh, while he was in prison this year or last year. Him. And he's got a friend who's been his friend since he was 15 who's supported him from the outside while he was in prison and is um, he's living with now. And he's got a bunch of people, all of whom came to, including me and a bunch of others who came to his uh, his hearing for early release, his parole hearing. And, and so he's got a good support system. But more important, he's he's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. And he you know, I, has I've heard him talk in the past. He, he's very articulate. I mean, what is he going to do for I mean, he has a he has a criminal record. What is he going to do for work? I think he's such a fine mind and uh, such a creative thinker that he's going to, you know, he's going to avoid the pitfalls of of having that kind of a background because he just has the. That's uh, that's highly unusual. I mean, you could almost make the argument that he would be a great role model to go back into the prisons and, you know, and, and dialogue with people who, you know, maybe are in similar circumstances. Because, like I said, I've heard you talk to him in the past. And yeah, but his passion, Bob, is the, uh, is the study of, uh, like, he's a government philosopher. And he's really into uh, small government and libertarian thinking in the Constitution of the United States and stuff like that. So I think he's going to be a purveyor of that. And I think he's so bright and passionate and positive that he's going to supersede those pitfalls. Sorry, I've got to hold you right there, but we've got Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center with an update, Mark. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yep, that's us. Tuesday afternoon as we race towards the Christmas holiday. We're in December already. Cold weather this weekend. Who knows what's going to happen? Snow could be in our future. 
That's the only bad thing about winter is if we get rid of the cold and the snow, I think we'd have something really going with the winters in New England, don't you? 860-522-9842, rant line number 860-751-4698. We'll do the rants in about in about 25 minutes or so. Joining us right now is Red Janky, and Red comes to us as we consider new numbers being released by state government telling us about how wonderful things are for the state even this year with all the bad things happening in the economy. Hey there, Red. Hey, Todd. How are you? Have you been looking at these numbers and uh, smelling any any bad scents? Yeah, uh, I have been. Um, there are two um, legally mandated reports. Uh, I'm not sure why they don't have these two agencies do them together, but separate reports from the Office of Policy and Management, OPM, and Office of Fiscal Analysis, OFA, and uh, they put out fiscal accountability reports um, due in November. And uh, my point about those two reports, which include um, projections and forecasts of budget surpluses for for this current year and in the next three following years. So they have to Um, guess what's going to happen in the future. Well, I'm going to guess that uh, we're not going to have uh, surpluses in all these years. The uh, forecasted surplus in 2024 is, I think, $7 million. Now, what's missing here is what um, constituted 26% of revenue last year in this state, um, which are uh, estimates and finals and uh, pass-through entity tax. And those are basically um, uh, two lines on the state income statement that uh, show taxes on investment income. Okay, taxes on investment income. So that is something that depends on what's happening, I would guess, with the stock market largely. Well, you know, I think you guessed spot on. And last year, the uh, stock market... Um, had a blow-off-the-top year, uh, right? I mean... The, Big year yeah. last year. This year we're dealing with inflation, slowing economy, maybe. It hasn't happened yet, but we would expect it to yeah. happen. Yeah. And uh, people also, um, you know, all kinds of confusing things going on in the economy still. Yeah. I mean, the simple fact here is that the stock market, which is where most investment income comes from, um, blasted through the top um, for tax year 2021, which is gathered up in uh, Connecticut's fiscal year 2022, ending last June 30th. And the S&P last year was up 25%. The NASDAQ was up 35%. The the numbers this year are down 17% and down 30%. And there's a a little bit of a, of a, of a, of, I think a misconception here in OFA and OPM. If they've forecasted this, this all, this surge in revenue, 6.5 billion dollars. It was 44% over budget for last year. 
reaching 26% of total revenue. And they've said that, well, that's going to come off, of course, but it's going to come off 15%. You mean go down? There's going to be less revenue. Go down 15%. Well, let me ask you this, Todd. Um, If things are going up, okay, you have gains, okay? If things, if the gains this year, if the S&P were to have gone up 20% and the NASDAQ gone up, you know, 25%, those are lesser gains. There would be gains to tax. When the stock market is plummeting, where are these gains that are to be taxed? In other words, people should be losing money when yeah. the stock market is going down dramatic amounts, which and it has been doing. The, you don't pay Uncle Sam and you don't pay Uncle Ned uh, taxes on losses. How much is the stock market down right now? Did you it's say? It's down, S&P is down 17% on the year, yep. the tax year. It's a calendar tax year, as we all know. Those of us who pay taxes. So if we were to just go by that and say it was closing right now, you'd have a bunch of people who were paying uh, maybe substantial taxes last year on their stock market investments, and this year they wouldn't be paying any taxes because they would have lost. Yeah, I mean, you go further into uh, the stock market analysis, and it's not rocket science. But but hang on a sec, Red. What's in it for? The election's already happened. So misrepresenting. Oh God, I hear your question before you ask it. I so misrep- no misrepresenting what's going to happen next year. What's the upside in that? Well, that's the head scratcher of all time. Why are they puffing numbers that they don't need to puff because they've already won the election? I don't know. Oh, maybe just because. You want to have good news go on for as long as possible because good news is a cumulative thing. You know, the number of days in your term in office that you have, or in each year in office, the number of days you have that are positive news as opposed to negative news, maybe they think about it like that, that if they can confine that moment when everybody understands the losses into a small period of time, then that's a win for the plunderers who occupy elected office. Well, you know, I was... um uh, talking um, yesterday, in fact, with a good friend who's uh, pretty, pretty, you know, involved in Connecticut politics, mm-hmm. um, and he has he has friends, uh, a bipartisan um, group of friends, and they're having dinner tomorrow night, and uh, he said to me that in business, a CEO is rewarded for seeing problems ahead of time and averting them or getting a jump on correcting them mm-hmm. and um, or seeing opportunities and leaping on them before competitors do and reaping their rewards. He said, politicians, not so much. Well, politicians don't have any problems as long as they can raise taxes. Yeah, and, and it's always reactive. You're not his words were, you're not rewarded for seeing problems ahead of time and pointing them out ahead of time. Well, no, you don't even want to point them out when they're happening. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I suppose I'm I'm setting myself up as a businessman here saying th- this, this revenue is just not going to come in. 
We had $6.5 billion last year on an all-time record stock market. They're expecting 5.5 to come in this year. I just don't see it. Before they, they all that 6.5 came pouring in, they'd forecast 4.5. In other words, How they really 5.5 billion. They're not very wealth. good. They're not very good at this to begin no, with. So it, why it, why believe their rosy number? No, uh, it's 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 we're not going to have. We're certainly not going to have the surpluses that have been forecast by the two state agencies. All right, and what and how does that change our lives? That changes our life because when revenue slips, taxes go up. So there's a big tax hike likely for next fiscal year, which starts July 1st. Yes, it's it's, and we haven't even talked about recession. Uh, you mentioned it very briefly, but we're just talking about a stock market that is uh, plummeting, and the economy is still doing very well. That does not persist in the long term. You don't have a stock market plummet and the economy surge forward in, in, in you know, 3 to 4 to 5 percent GDP growth. So the stock market is saying we are going to have a recession. Mm-hmm. It's saying it with emphasis, emphatically. Okay. So we're not only going to lose this revenue, uh, a, a large chunk, it all, all of it won't go away because part of investment income is interest earned and dividends received. So that'll still come in. Uh, very early in the year, there was a very good real estate market. I know one smart real estate investor who's a you know institutional investor who sold out virtually his whole his entire position early in the year. So that'll be in in the mix. But I don't see that um, holding up. You know, six point five billion. And, and and cushioning the blow so it only declines to 5.5. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this line item is cut in half and we wind up with uh, 3.3 billion in that category. And, and that's, that's 3, 3.3 billion that won't be there. And that's a lot of money. Red Janky, check him out at the-red-line.com, the-red-line.com. You've got a story on this posted on the website, right? Yeah, this is the uh, current current story. It, it, it ran in the, in the uh, day in New London, the Connecticut Examiner, um, uh, also the uh, Journal Inquirer. Um, it's running in uh, other papers upcoming. Um, so, you know, my, my model here is I don't write a blog. I don't write a vanity piece um, where what I, I've got a, a website, so I put whatever I want up there and, and no one can stop me. Uh, the only stuff I put up there is what's been published. So it's been reviewed by professional editors. And, um, you know, they, they may not agree with me, but if they... Um, see something in a column I submit that is just wildly incorrect or wildly wildly a polemic, 
um, with no good reason to run it, they don't run it. Well, sounds fair enough. So I, I commend this column to uh, your listeners. Uh, we're not going to have those uh, budget surpluses that, that these two state offices are projecting, uh, certainly not in, in the, to the magnitude that they're projecting them. And, and I doubtful, given their own numbers, that there'll be a surplus in, in 2024. Check out Red's column, the-red-line.com. His column is on his website there, the-red-line.com. Thank you, Red Janky. Hey, Todd. Enjoyed it. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. The-red-line.com. We've got coming up for you all kinds of fun. Rant line in the next half hour. And in the half hour after that, Tom Scott will be here. I just lost. I, it's got to be here. Yes, it is here. Because I know it's here because it can't go far. A special program designed to shelter corrections officers in hotels during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic using millions of dollars in federal pandemic relief funding was repeatedly abused by prison workers in the state of Connecticut, according to an ongoing state investigation. The Department of Corrections set up the temporary emergency lodging program in the early months of the pandemic to allow corrections officers to book a stay at a hotel if they were worried about picking up the coronavirus at a state prison and bringing it back to their family members. The initiative was financed with $6.4 million in federal relief funding and internal investigations by state auditors say that employees use the program to book hotel rooms during a wedding, to celebrate New Year's Eve, and to live full-time in hotels with their families. Government corruption in Connecticut? Can it be? In the Department of Corrections, can it be? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.